The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network.
all just kind of soaking it in right now. Mind games being attempted. The determination in the eyes of Brian Danielson tells a rich and powerful story. But you know, JR, he cannot be too anxious. I mean, the crowd's going bananas. You would think that his first match here at AEW, he would be willing just to jump in. I think he's doing a great job by just being really calm and let the moment sink in first. If I know one thing about Brian Danielson, if the fans watching around the world know one thing about Brian Danielson, it is that he is perhaps the smartest, the most intelligent professional wrestler in the entire world. He knows that he's got to pace himself, and we're off to the races. Hard Conanovo tie-up, and they mean business now. Fans pop and they lock up. Omega, perhaps with a clean break, no. Should have known better. And that is not going to phase Brian Danielson. Both of these men have competed on some of the biggest stages in pro wrestling's past, but right now, the eyes of the world are on New York City. The eyes of the world are on Dynamite Grand Slam. Don Callis at ringside. Normally in an Omega match, he's here with us. Yeah, well, we're, we, we lucked out on that one. How about this kick from the American Dragon? Well, the importance of this match, Tony, is the fact that Callis needs to be there yes. with his man. Of course, of course he does. And that look, or excuse me, that, that middle kick by the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, dropped Omega. Danielson's got great kicks. Very effective. They're, he's very strong in his lower body. Yeah. You can see it. And he's forcing Omega down to the mat. We saw a few weeks ago in Cincinnati when Danielson locked in that LaBelle lock. Kenny Omega was tapping instantly. That is the danger. The danger of the submission wrestling style that Brian Danielson possesses. Oh, <laughs> there you go. there's a receipt for you. That was a hard shot there, to say the very least. Omega trying to walk it off. A hard shot across the unprotected abdomen of Kenny Omega. Brian Danielson maybe looking to test the conditioning, to test the breathing of Kenny Omega. A side headlock taken by Kenny Omega. But Danielson came here to win titles. He came here to, to win main events. And, brother, this is a main event, a dream match main event. It is a dream match, and we have not been disappointed as of yet. Back and forth they go. Well, momentum swings again, fellas. The ebb and flow of this matchup is incredible. This has just turned into an absolute firefight as now Danielson Heading up, looking for the hook on Rana. Brings in Omega the hard way. Danielson makes the crawl, the cover. One, two, no. I like how Danielson didn't release him on the Huracan Rana. He went down with him. He kept the legs clenched around the head as they went down to the mat. Putting even more impact, distributing even yeah. more impact on the shoulders and spine of Omega. Great point, Tony. 
Now once again returning to the arm, the shoulder. We're back live on TNT, AEW Dynamite, Grand Slam, the dream match, Kenny Omega, Brian Danielson, and right before the break, JR, Kenny Omega completely changed the complexion of this match. Without a doubt, Omega knows what he's doing with this. Oh, oh my God, the impact. The buckle bomb sent him over the top. It looked like a car crash. And that could happen on any block here in New York City. And Paul Turner is... Paul Turner is eye-to-eye -eye with Brian Danielson. Yeah, that's good officiating. Turner's a good one. Big chance, big risk here. Well, Omega's got the advantage. Oh, the missile drop kick! Wow. Right between the shoulder blades. Lateral press, the cover! No! Omega may look back at this and say, I had an opportunity right there, right then, if I had put on a better cover. Yeah. A stiffer cover, a tight. He, he pressed the arms, which were out wide in the wingspan that time, but did not do a hook. And he's looking, perhaps, for another snapdragon. He's trying to manipulate the arms of Danielson into the full Nelson position. Danielson dropping down. Nice counter. Oh, shoulders down. Shoulders down. And a near fall. A wild swing and a miss. Here we go. Oh! A nice kick. The heel, heel kick right to the spine again. The spine is a common destination apparently for Kenny Omega. Well, it's no secret that Brian Danielson has had neck problems in the past and Omega seems to be focusing all of his fire on the neck, on the spine of Brian Danielson. It's a great call. Neck problems have haunted him, as we know. And so that's the game plan for Kenny Omega, which has been very, very efficient here in this matchup. Omega Danielson up top. He could be thinking Avalanche Dragon Suplex. That's exactly oh my God. what he appears to be thinking. That would take care of business, I think. I would think it would do it too. It'll, or excuse me, Danielson recognized. You can see his hand yeah. linked around that turnbuckle. Not only does he have to do that, just take both feet and underneath. There you go. Oh, Danielson escapes in. Good right job. Out the, right out the back door. Avoided, he dodged a bullet there, did Brian Danielson. God, this is a good night. Oh, my God. What a way to start off Grand Slam week here in New York City. Two hours of Dynamite tonight, two hours of Rampage Friday night. And Brian Danielson up to the top. The Avalanche backdrop. Man, that's a game changer right there. Danielson's right arm seems to be injured in that maneuver but I, look at omega he's landing in the line there in the heat i'm not sure i think maybe that right arm of danielson took most of the the brunt of that fall well we'll see it right here tony that arm of danielson was actually trapped underneath omega's body there well omega hit hard as well obviously but you're right excalibur trapped underneath These two are kicking each other's ass. Omega traps the kick. Nothing pretty. Oh, just a right hand to the jaw. Right over the top. Danielson's left hand was down, and Omega took advantage of it. And now Danielson fighting his way back in. Firing back with oh. those left jabs. He, he baited Omega in. Bang! The shot from Omega. Rolling elbow strike. He was going for the V-trigger. He caught him. And now the shoulder capture. Oh, he's got a 
Anderson, my God. Oh, what a match. Sometimes it's not the offense. We applaud and we stand to at the escape. It's the effort to get back up on your feet, to come back. Perseverance. That's what we cheer, and that's what they're cheering right now for both men. And now listen to the cheer. This crowd has not been silent since the first moment, the first entrance. They went crazy on a lockup. Omega. Yeah. Spotted Danielson heading up to the top. Omega cuts him off at the pass. Oh, Omega, a bit slow yeah. to capitalize. He may try this again here, Excalibur. Well, the headbutts to the back of the head. And These guys are pulling out every stop. Anything that hurts, they're going to utilize. They just got to monetize their own uh, their own help. And look at this. Both men up to the top. Omega. Oh, my God. Oh, my That's how to do it, folks. Near leg is up. The champion's got the cover and a near fall. The fans are cheering because they don't want this match to end. You know, I think what saved Danielson that time was the fact he did not land on the back of his head, that he really actually flipped over, hit on his front side. Yeah, he landed on his stomach, as we'll see here in the replay. It saved him. But it was a brutal, it was an ugly landing for Danielson yeah. nonetheless. Well, it ain't ballet. And now, Omega. Omega wants to end it. That's what Omega wants to do. And now. in the V-Trigger! Those unabated V-Trigger shots can be debilitating as hell. Oh, he's going for the one-winged angel here. No one in AEW has ever kicked out of the one-winged angel. Danielson! Oh, head first! Head first into the shallow end of the pool! Goes the AEW World Champion. Has there ever been a counter like that? An incredibly well-timed reverse work on Rana by the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. Omega's trying to fight through the pain. He charges in V-Trigger. Danielson evades. Oh, what a shot! Yeah, he's got to pull himself up again. Look at him pounding the man. Referee's got to monitor these unabated shots for the protection of the athletes. Oh, the full cycle oh. knee counter to go power bomb. Omega rolls Danielson through V-Trigger. Beautiful counter, and then the V-Trigger near leg is up. Referee got a good look, and he saw two. Good for the resilient. Brian Danielson was able to the kick out. Shot the left shoulder up, JR. That's how he got it out. Omega. He is depleted. <laughs> we all are. Damn. And the fans. Omega heading to the top. Another big risk being taken. Could he be? He's thinking Phoenix Flash. Nobody home. Big time risk by Kenny Omega that did not pay off of that particular opportunity. I think the last time Kenny Omega has pulled out the Phoenix Splash 
was when he was in desperation mode, when he was in that unsanctioned lights-out match with John Moxley just over two years ago, or just about two years ago. Well, the DNA now above the left eye of Brian Danielson. And he's got that look on his face that I'm going to take this thing a little sit more, a little deeper, a little harder, a little more physical. Trying to knot up the quad. Oh, but Omega firing back with those elbow strikes. Omega drops. Danielson, another shot. That was on target right on the top of the head. I've never seen Brian Danielson so emotional. And look at this. There you go. That's emotion for you, JR. And JR, as you said, the flats of the boot. He rolls him over the lapel lock. This could be it. He's got the omoplata. Can he get the cross face linked? Omega knows it. You can see the hand fighting there. If Omega, if Omega gets locked in the cross face. Oh, wow. Luckily, the ropes are there. Can he use them to escape? Oh, the knee! And nowhere to go We're, for Omega. We, we are in the final 45 seconds of this match. Omega hits the beat trigger. The ripcord reversed. Physicality. A race against intensity. time. A race against time now in the clock. They're in the deep water and they're running out of time. Omega and Brian Danielson have put on a clinic here. Oh, just a headbutt. Face to face. And a right hand, right hand being delivered. And the kick, Danielson up to his feet. Danielson getting the advantage. Here comes Omega fighting right back into it. Oh, we That was the bell. The bell sounds, the time limit has expired. And we, we couldn't even hear it over this crowd. It was a, and look at this, the lapel lock getting locked in. The referee tried calling for some, oh my God. It's members of the super clique, the elite. It's the Young Bucks, it's Adam Cole pulling Danielson. Seems as if they're coming to save Omega's ass. That's exactly what they're doing. And what a match, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies what and a gentlemen, wrestling match. It has expired. This match is a draw. If there was one more minute in this match, I think Brian Danielson would have beaten Kenny Omega with that lapel lock. Ah, uh, Danielson, Omega. Classic. Well, well this is one, fellas, I personally won't forget for a long time. Oh, no! Oh, come on! Get them the hell out of here! Damn it! Damn it! Danielson, after all of that, and here we see the men that will face the super click on Rampage, Christian Cage and Jungle Boy. Look at Jungle Boy and, and, and Luchasaurus. Thank God they were nearby, so to speak. Oh, God. This Friday night, part of Rampage Grand Slam, a special two-hour edition. We have that big trios tag team match. But coming up next, CM Punk, before his match on Rampage, we will from him hear from him tonight. We'll actually hear from CM Punk next here on Dynamite Grand Slam.
it's Wednesday night, and you know what that means. It's time for AEW Dynamite, which in turn means it's time for the PWC Presents Wednesday Night Skirmish with me, Christopher Ames. That's A-M-B-S, like lambs with no L, or like bullshit first thing in the morning. Uh, I'm on here with my my trusted co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, DJ Mass Effect himself, Jimmy T. Jimmy, um... I struggle to ask this, but how the fuck's Australia, mate? <laughs> how the fuck is Australia? It's a fucking dump. That's how Australia is. <laughs> fuck this place, dude. Lockdown, fucking... If you want to see what a police state looks like, as I showed you, actually, like, off the air, like, via text, <laughs> this is it, dude. This is uh, the police state of the world, yeah. dude. You would have fucking... Yeah. I still can't believe I'm saying that, dude. It, it's totally chips me out in saying that but other than that it's a great day in melbourne and that's about it not like you can do much (laughs) yeah other than the ridiculous militaristic lockdown that seems to be um literally telling all of the all of the population of australia that they can't go anywhere or do anything or say anything unless the government gives them permission other than that it's a beautiful day in australia (laughs) right and i just want to say fuck you dan andrews and fuck you, Scott Morrison, all right, you prick. First of all, this this goose of a prime minister, right, he's mm. in the States right now. I don't know if you've heard about what's going on between the US, UK, Australia, and France, by any chance? I've heard that there's some bad feelings. <laughs> yes, so you have heard about the French. The French are butthurt with Australia, dude, big time. Yeah. <laughs> Including the US and the UK. But goddamn Francois, all right, I just want to say, when you motherfuckers are supposed to give something and you're still waiting for it, what the fuck are we supposed to do? (laughs) Jesus. So America comes sweeping in, and what do you know? We've got a new thing called AUKUS, Australia, UK, and the US joining forces in this new, I don't know what the fuck this shit is. I thought it was meant to be the UK, Canada, and Australia. I guess it's not. <laughs> it just seems like Canada is left out, which is even more weird. I mean, I'm okay with that if, if I'm if I'm being totally honest at this point. I want to be as far removed from whatever the fuck's going on in Australia as possible. And frankly, I think that the way France is handling things moving forward might be the right way to go. <laughs> well, like I said, we we, but not we together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, man, but like I said, I'm surprised Canada's not part of this. I don't know why, I don't know what's going on, but the dumbest fucking prime ministers and presidents of the world have joined forces, dude. And I mean... I mean, I mean not all the, of them, because Canada's not part of it. That's, you know, so oh, sorry, that's right. Trudeau. I don't know, dude. It's, that's, it's, a, it's a real close race between Trudeau, Scott Morrison, Biden, and Boris in the UK. Yeah, they're all pretty goofy. I gotta tell they're you, They're all man, pretty like, goofy, bro. <laughs> I gotta, I, I, I gotta tell you about this though, dude. So like, in the kit, like just for a second here, we're gonna talk about no, Canadian please. politics. So, Go for uh, it. you know, anybody bored, just, uh, I don't know, I'm Tune sorry. in in about 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's not gonna take that long. But like, but like uh, okay, so in the Canadian parliament, you need 170 seats in order to win a majority government. Otherwise, right. you have a minority, which means it's really hard to get anything done. Well, so 
So Trudeau had a minority, right? And um, he was all pissy because the conservatives were basically like asking him some questions about like, you know, stuff that he wants to do and that kind of thing, which is their prerogative since they have a minority, you know, like it's a minority government. So Trudeau right. acted like a baby and he called for a snap <laughs> election. It's supposed to be in two years, but instead he, he called for a snap election saying that, well, the conservatives aren't allowing me to do anything. He had 157 seats when he called the snap election. Uh, so we we spent $610 million in this country of taxpayer money so that we could have an election. And the results are that Justin Trudeau now has 156 seats, which means he's still, he lost a seat. Like he lost a seat, which thank God he lost a seat. But also he still has a minority government. So the entire point of the election is completely fucking useless. We spent $610 million of taxpayer money in Canada for absolutely nothing. Okay, so let me get this straight, right? So does that mean Trudeau now has another full term because of the snap election? No, it just means that he has... It just... Basically, it goes from here till the next election cycle. So we have to have another election in 18 In two years. Oh, shit. No shit. So what was the point of this election then? Yeah, if you can figure that out, you go ahead and call CBC. I'm sure they'd be very, <laughs> very interested in, in, in well, having an the, answer. The Canadian that. broadcast channel? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell, man. Because I can't even figure it out. So I don't know how this sort of benefited Trudeau, really. It didn't at all. He literally that's lost. That's what I'm saying. That's what, I'm, that's what I mean. I just, yeah, that's strange. I, I don't know what and to he, say about that. And he officially won the prime ministership with the smallest percentage of Canadians voting for him in the history of oh. Canada. Only 32% of Canadians voted because we have a we have more than two parties, right? We have multiple parties. Of course, right. And a few of them are relatively popular, like the NDP and the Bloc Québécois. Um, okay. But it's mostly it's mostly always going to be either conservative or liberal winning. <clears throat> But, um, yeah, dude, it, it's just a mess. Like, basically, so he got 32% of the vote. The Conservatives got, like, 39% of the vote. But they wow. won by landslides all throughout Western Canada. Like, in Alberta, Saskatchewan, you might as well not even run if you're not Conservative. No so shit. They have, so, so, the, so that kind of skews the percentage of, like, how many Canadians, right? But... If we were to go off of just like a pure numbers, who got more votes, the Conservatives would have won the last two elections. Wow. Well, you know what, dude? I'm actually kind of uh, disappointed that France ain't part of this little alliance. You know why? Why is that? Because they could have been called fuckers. Fuckers. I guess. Yeah, that's a good. I like that. Get it? Yeah. Get it? Yeah. Right. Well, if Canada, if Canada joins, they can be cuckus. Yes, they said that. They mentioned that. <laughs> and get this. If you spell it backwards, right, this Akis bullshit, whatever the fuck it's called. I can't remember what it was, but apparently it means kin in Finnish. Okay. Is that like uh, New World Order bullshit or what? I don't know. Are the, are the Finns part of it? No, 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 no. Someone, like I saw on Twitter, someone wrote like, um, like, if you spell it backwards... The meaning of that, right, means kin in Finnish. 
Instagram, right? Which, you know, and the Finns aren't part of this, right? But it's just, yeah, it's an interesting sort of observation because technically when you think about it, it's like they are kin, right? Yeah, kind of. I mean, it's a lot of the Western nations kind of coming together, right? Right. It's also like when you think about it, you know, where the, like the, the US and Australia directly came originally from the UK, right? right, right. So it's like, you know what I mean? Like, like kin. But that's why it just feels weird that Canada is not part of this, dude. Like, yeah. it's really strange. I wonder, <laughs> if Trudeau just, I wonder if, like, they had to buy their way in, you know, like, not with a lot, but with, like, a, you know, just they, they had to buy their way in with a few million dollars or whatever. And, <laughs> I don't you know. know. Just, I don't Trudeau know, was just like, eh, we just spent our last $610 million. <laughs> we, can't, we can't afford to join. <laughs> well, you guys aren't fucking going through any sort of recession or anything like that. And you guys are pretty loaded, bro. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we've got the highest As a interest. Country. We've got the highest interest rate right now that we've ever had. And Trudeau has spent Shit. more than all of the previous, like every single previous prime minister combined. Oh, man, like I said, we ran, our countries are run by clowns, bro. All right, straight up. Yeah. Clowns. And I know shit out there say Trudeau is so much better than ScoMo. This fucking idiot Scott Morrison. Like I said, man, does nothing. Our Premier is is like he's our fucking Prime Minister. It's like he's got the ultimate power suddenly. Oh, man. I was, you know how you said to me, you got to get out? Dude. You, you got to get out of there, man. That place is, is like, that scares the shit out of me what's going on over there. <laughs> I could tell you some stories, but then we'll be here for another fucking 10 minutes talking about politics and just cops in general. But put it this way, I had cops following me when I was at 7-Eleven after hours. Like I said, man, I don't do no curfew no more, man. Fuck them. Because at the end of the day, it's, what can you do, man? Like, this shit, this is why it's turning to shit. This is why violence is happening. You know what I mean? I mean, what are the oh, people yeah. supposed to do? No, oh, dude, it's ridiculous. And it's being enforced in such, like haphazard ways when it is being enforced too like and they're lying not, to us yeah of course they are man but it's like you know like um today actually ontario went into like another lockdown where you have to you, like now in the province you have to have your your uh your vaccine otherwise you basically Whoa. can't go anywhere you can't go to a store you can't go get groceries like you literally can't fucking do anything in this province right That's now without bullshit. it they, so they that started that. And then today I went to the store to grab a pop on my way home from my workout. Right. And, and like nothing. Nobody asked for nothing. And I was like, okay, whatever. And when I was walking out, there was a guy who was in there with me. And he asked the he asked the register the guy at the register, he was like, Do I need to like show you my passport? Like my oh my, my vaccine or whatever? And the and the guy was just like, nah, you're good. I'm just laughing. Oh like, my this, God. like this whole thing is fucking stupid, man. It's just stupid. Well, and then, you're seeing videos, bro. and then you're seeing videos of like stuff in New York, like those three black ladies, like who like got carded or whatever at one of the restaurants and then beat the shit out of the hostess. It's like, holy really? fuck. Yeah, dude. I, I don't think I've seen that yet, man. But uh, man, that's crazy. Well, here, before we get into the real you know, nitty and gritty fucking professional wrestling, right? Yeah. Um, here, dude, like the reason why like riots are happening again is because they've, they've shut down now construction here, yeah? Right. Right, all because 
now they've made it compulsory that you have to have your vaccinations, right? Otherwise, you're not you're not working. Like, right? It's not happening, and this is why the people have turned the way they've turned now, right? So all the construction workers are like, "Fuck you," you know what I mean? Like, really, if they're yeah. smart, they should just and people. Oh, I forgot to mention, people were jumping off work sites, right? Construction sites, committing suicide, dude. Two people. The minute that Jesus. got announced, bang, people are committing. But the media don't want to talk about that. They just half ass sort of brought it up and then just, it didn't exist. You know what I mean? So, man, Jesus, man. yeah, man, it's fucking bad, dude. And I've known a few people that have committed suicide since the lockdowns who've owned businesses. And it's just not right, man. And this motherfucker, Dan Andrews, he's fucked. He's that stubborn and staunch. doesn't matter what you do, man. He's just not listening. He doesn't care. No, yeah. And I mean, the idea, like the idea that people, like, here's the thing, right? Because we have, we have listeners who I'm sure from all over the world and have, and have numerous different opinions, right? I'm sure that there are people who listen to us and, you know, lean a, a little more to the left, like, you know. We have a pretty oh, good friend. We have a pretty thing. good friend in East LA who I think is pretty left, you know. <laughs> um, and, and and no, like you know, I love him. Like I like, and I do. I I, I do love you, homie. Um, but like, <laughs> wink, but, wink, but, homie. But like at the same time, at the same time, you got to sort of like stop and wonder, like, what the hell is going on, right? Because they they tell us, oh, it's about saving lives. We're doing this to save lives. Well, like. Okay, fine, but I just read a fucking article that is not written by a right wing site, by the way. But I just uh, re- I just read an article that said that um, since the lockdowns started, twenty million people who wouldn't otherwise have died have died because of starvation due to geez. the economic lockdowns. So twenty million extra people—that's just from starvation. Right. Think about all the people who have died who wouldn't have from overdoses, from suicide. Um, Do you know what I mean? Like, think Mm -hmm. about all the extra people who have died because of these lockdowns. And then, you know, they scream at us like, oh, two million people have already died from this COVID. And I'm like, yeah, but two million is less than 20. So is this really about saving lives or is is this about something else? Because it doesn't. It doesn't compute to me when they say, oh, it's about saving lives. Saving lives, my ass. You're fucking destroying lives by doing what they're doing. You know what I mean? So, man, like I said, I never thought that they, you know, you know, like we're into like, you know, conspiracies and whatnot, like, you know, New World Order, you know, like I've always been interested in all that shit, right? But, you know, Mm. you never think it's going to happen, but, you know, you just go along with it. Yeah, it's going to happen, blah, 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 like every woke motherfucker says. Right, mm-hmm. but when it fucking looks like it's actually happening in your own fucking backyard, dude, it's pretty fucking freaky, dude. It's honestly, dude. Like as I'm looking at Australia, and I'm just like, Jesus, like, like for real, man. I can't believe this shit. Like it hasn't sunk in in two years. Really, we've been like this for two fucking years, Chris. Enough's enough, I know, bro. Man. I know. It, don't you mean? Don't you mean we've been like this for fifteen days? Yeah. Right, exactly, man. Fifteen days to slow, to slow the spread. Yep. So fuck you, COVID. Fuck you, vaccination. Look, man. 
I'm not an anti-vaxxer or a conspiracy theorist about the vax, right? Dude, all I have I want... all of my vaccines, all of them. Well, there you and, go. And... And right. No, continue, please. Like, I have all of my vaccines. My kids have all of their vaccines. I'm not afraid of vaccines. I just really don't like the government overreach. And that's what this is. Like, I don't care what you what you believe in, what you think, whatever. Like, this is a government overreach. Are vaccines probably safe? Yeah, 100% they're probably safe. But, like, the fact that we're being told, take it or else. Right, like, that's the problem. That just gets my haunches up, dude. You, you you say that to me about anything, and I'm gonna be like, "What the fuck, dude?" But it's not just that. See, like I said, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, right? But until I see proof that these vaccinations actually work, right? And when I say work, I'm talking about that it cures COVID. Then um, why should I take? Why should I get them if I can still spread it and receive it? Yeah, well, I mean, this is the one of the big problems with what's going on with the whole COVID thing, eh? Because like the the people who are the people who are pushing it are saying, okay, you have to get your vaccine, you have to get your vaccine, you have to get your vaccine, and people are like, okay, sure, you know, I'll get my vaccine, and then they're like, okay, now you have to lock down and wear a mask still, and it's like, wait, Ugh. why? <laughs> like, I know, it doesn't make sense, right? I thought you're protected. Like if but I'm done, people, I'm done. Why are we? Right. What do you mean? If I'm but vaccinated, it means I'm vaccinated. I can't get polio, Jimmy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, get this, Chris. Right? Not only are you vaccinated, but you're gonna end up getting fucking boosters soon too, bro. Mark my yeah. words. Yeah, and I mean honestly, like I, that's hard for me. Like, cause I, cause I, I didn't want to get the fucking shots in the first place. Right. I was like, okay, fine. Well, you probably had I'll, to cause of work and shit, right? I had to cause of work. And then I was also thinking like, you know, I'd like to go to Florida at some fucking point. Uh, and that know? too. Like, right. You, right. Like I love Florida. You know what I mean? Like for those of you, for, for those of, you know, for the listeners who don't know me that well, like, you know, I live in Canada, but I I've been to Florida basically every year of my life. I love that state. I love Florida. So you know, it, it's kind of, it sucks being stuck here. It's like, fuck man. Like I want to get out of here at some so point. You, like, you can't leave the country right now. Well, I can, but there's just so many fucking restrictions and so much bullshit. Like we're planning a trip in December right now. So, right, like, right. you know, the plan is to get out of here, but there's so many restrictions and so much extra bullshit. And it's like, why? I don't understand. Like why, why, like, what are you talking about? I got my goddamn vaccine. I should be able to just go live my life now. No, no. And it's like, then why well, the fuck did I get it? And if I still can't get it after a booster shot, then my answer to, you know, hey, you need to get a booster shot really is just going to be like, fuck off. I'll get a well, booster shot when you tell me my life goes back to normal. Well, see, that's the thing, dude. And before we end this fucking COVID talk, right? I just want to say one more thing, right? The problem with our premier, right? He said once we're seventy percent uh, vaccinated, like seventy percent in the state, right? Yeah, we got vaccinated. the same thing. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, we're we're, we're reopening, right? Mm-hmm. From seventy percent, which we reached fucking pretty quickly, right? Suddenly he changed it to eighty percent and double vaxxed, yep. right? And it's like, dude, you don't just say this and then fucking do that, right? After we've, you know what I'm saying? 
No, but, but that's just, that's stitching me. They've gotten used to being able to just change whatever the fuck they say. Oh, 15 days to sp- to slow the spread. Uh, oh, max, you know, masks don't work unless you have the, the unless you have that that N90. Oh, actually, masks are good. Oh, actually, masks aren't needed. Oh, actually, you should wear two masks. Oh, actually, well, you should get the vac. We have a vaccine, and and once you get the vaccine, we can all go back to normal. Oh, now you're vaccinated. You need a second vaccine. Oh, now you're going to need a booster shot. Now you why, still need to wear your why? face mask. They just keep changing everything that they're fucking saying constantly, Jimmy. And it's like these it's people crazy. have just gotten used to the idea that they can just do whatever the fuck they want, whenever the fuck they want. It's fucking nuts, dude. And you know, and and I know we've been talking about vaccinations and all that, but this leads to the wrestling because not only was there twenty thousand at Arthur Ashe Stadium. In fucking New York City, right? Mm-hmm. But it was also twenty thousand people that were vaccinated in the building. How's that for a fun fact? Yeah, that's great. Because I don't know if you knew this, but fans weren't allowed to attend the event unless they were fucking fully vaccinated. Yeah. Oh, was it fully vaccinated? I had heard yes. that they were allowed to get it at the door. No, what vaccination? Yeah. Really. Yeah, or no, that was a football game that I heard of. Sorry, that but that really did happen, but that was at some football game. Okay, uh, I was going to say. Where they shit. basically said, like, you know, if you don't have a vaccine, we've got vaccines at the arena and we'll just give you the vaccine, which is like, okay, so you're telling me that your fucking fat-ass security guard is like knows enough about medical stuff to give me a fucking vaccine? Like, I, oh, I like damn. the whole thing just freaks me out, dude. And then... The thing that really pisses me off, though, about these lockdowns, just before we we'll, we'll get off of this right now, but like the thing that yeah. really pisses me off about these vaccines is this like rules for the masses, but not for the ruling class. Like oh. the mayor of like the mayor of San Francisco just got caught. She was dancing and she was standing up with no mask, and she was caught. And they asked her, "Well, like you're not supposed to do that, like according to the rules, right?" And she was, right. and she just gives the most ridiculous half-hearted fucking answer to it she's like well you know like i was at a concert and they were like they're a really great band and um you know like when you're feeling the spirit you just got to get up and do it man and and like you know nobody would stay seated nobody would stay seated or or look for their mask in that moment and it's like (laughs) like you motherfucker, you've literally ruined like so many people's lives. When you look at San Francisco too, like half of the businesses have closed since COVID started. Literally half. Oh, it's like he has destroyed. So I don't even get me started. But yeah, you're right. Continue on. It's like and that's that's just one fucking example of people just acting like fucking jackasses like that. And it's constant and it's getting to the point where like what's going to happen here is we're going to actually have two different classes of people in the Western world. And that's really going to set things off. Well, get this right. The the creator of the Pfizer fucking Vax, Vax, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And I can send I've got proof. All right. I've got I've got the footage of it's from a. It's from, you know, the DW News Network, the German fucking news. Yeah. Fucking, yeah. It was on that, right? And this motherfucker's talking and that, and the German, uh, this is in English, by the way, right? The German reporter asked the Pfizer guy who invented the Pfizer fucking vaccine, right? Mm-hmm. Asked him, I've heard you haven't taken the vaccination, right? Why is that? And this motherfucker turns around and says, 
I'm not legally allowed to take it. And then totally changes, like totally like, you know, sweeps it right under the frigging table and just goes on about other shit. But he said legally he's not allowed to take it. Get the fuck out of here. If you can't take it, why should we? What does that say? That's That's something fucking fishy, bro. For sure. You know what I mean? Well, anyway, let's fucking get off this depressing shit and let's talk about some wrestling, right? All right. Sorry, let's fans. Talk about, <laughs> let's talk about what's actually a really fucking great episode of Dynamite, man. Probably the best um, ever, dude, I dare say. I'm going to agree with you. Like, there was, it wasn't perfect, but it was oh, so good. Not. So good. All right, so we're starting off with Daniel Bryan. Uh, Jesus Christ. Oh, no, Bryan Danielson and Kenny Omega. Uh, it's a non-title match. Uh, they did mention it last week, but I have seen some people online kind of complaining about that fact. Uh, sorry. Uh, why? Listen yeah. to Well, get this. I don't know why people are complaining because, A, that, uh, Brian Danielson hasn't even had a freaking match yet. So how can he be number one contender? Yeah, exactly. Like, what, what are you – what what is the matter with some of pe- some of these people? Oh yeah, they're wrestling fans. Oh, that's right, that's right. So Chris, for that, <laughs> it's true. I mean, we're all crazy, dude. Every single one of us who likes wrestling is like a oh, little nuts. I think we're all like sort of like not all there because when I really think about it, how the fuck do we watch this shit with men, pretty much naked men in spandex? which is fucking predetermined. <laughs> How do we get so caught up in this shit? You know what I mean? I mean, sometimes I think that wrestling fans are all actually like closeted theater kids. Excuse me. We all just lose our shit over what's essentially a live performance of a soap opera. It's like Right. It's a fucking TV show at the end of the day, right? Okay. Yeah, exactly. Some yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like well, yeah. <laughs> well, now I don't have to ask why the young bucks are popular anymore. <laughs> oh, speaking of the bucks, but actually let's get into this Kenny Brian Danielson match, because boy was the crowd fucking rocking, dude. Oh, dude. This crowd was nuts. Nuts. I bro. loved this crowd, dude. Congratulations, New York. You are still awesome. Absolutely, man. And you fucking put man, they got me hyped, dude. I mean, just the atmosphere for the match between Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega gave me goosebumps, bro. I, I mean, heck, Kenny Omega even cracked a smile as the crowd, you know, before they even locked up, bro. The yep. crowd was just partying it up. Like everyone was like, just going nuts. And it felt They're like a big match, shit. bro. Absolutely. And I dare say. I dare say Brian Danielson put Kenny on a different stratosphere after tonight, bro. Uh, well, he definitely made me feel like, you know, a five-star match is possible. Oh, like, it has to be. It has to be, dude. Yep. So anyway, dude, they, so they start off with a really, really hard um, uh, tie-up, which is usually a good sign. Uh, Absolutely. Like these guys just about dislocated each other's shoulders with his fucking tie, oh. which was wonderful. Um, it's good Matt wrestling to start. Uh, they trade headlocks and wrist locks. Uh, Danielson, uh, 
it seems like he's hitting a little harder than Kenny was expecting. Oh, and, absolutely. Um, and Kenny was taking it easy on him at first, dude. You could tell he was hesitant with some of the <laughs> fucking headshots. But, and but then they Brian just went Danielson right at him. Right, because yeah. Danielson just kept – it was almost like him saying to Kenny, hit me, you cunt. You know what I mean? Like – Stop being a bitch and actually hit me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I Stop think this was. I think yeah. exactly. I think this was Brian Danielson being like, "Motherfucker, I was in Ring of Honor. You better bring it." Right. You know, absolutely. Like, and then Kenny's like, "Yeah, motherfucker, fuck you." Then you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I I found it pretty pretty interesting that uh, there's a seg there's a segment here where uh, uh, Brian is landing uh, chops and then kicks. Every time he connects right. with a kick, he's getting a yes chant. Every time he connects with a chop, he's getting a woo chant. And yeah. I was just like, well, I guess Ric Flair's forgiven. <laughs> oh, man. Exactly. Uh, like no one fucking knew about his friggin' antics. Like, really, motherfuckers? See, it's Dude, the cancerous fans. That whole thing just fans. made me laugh. Right. It's those cancerous fucking fans, all right, that are on Twitter causing an absolute ruckus over bullshit that we all knew about. 20 fucking years ago, right? Give me a fucking break. And if he's such a sexual fucking predator, right? Well, this bitch of a fucking Stuart, Stuartness, uh, Stuart, whatever the fuck, I can't even Stewardness. pronounce it properly. Right. <laughs> I'm fucking tongue twisted. She took a payout, folks. And get this one more fact about her she's a criminal. <laughs> Yeah, she was later charged with jewel theft. So exactly, give me a fucking break, mate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Fuck you all, all those motherfuckers that, including you, fucking Lagreca, busted open. You snowflake. You can all fucking eat a fucking dick, preferably oh. Ric Flair's. I said it, <laughs> dude. You gonna cancel me now? Like the whole reaction just made me laugh. I was like, you know. I was I was watching people like starting to talk about it or whatever, and I was just like, oh, "Wait, Scott Hall did drugs? Oh my, oh my god. god! Oh wait, oh wait, god. wait! Brock Lesnar, you know, will physically fight someone if they <laughs> challenge him? Oh my god! Uh, wait, um, there was a fucking all like a twenty four seven fucking bar. Yeah. Oh, and wait." Were they stranded for seven hours with nothing to do? And like, oh my God, you mean to tell me that Ric Flair is kind of a pig with women? Well, also, you know, <laughs> Baby also arm. news at 11. Also news at 11, guys. Water is wet. Scott Steiner <laughs> sucks at math. And the ultimate warrior may have dabbled in steroid use. Dun, dun, dun. So stupid. <laughs> the whole fucking thing just made me fucking chuckle. Anyway, all right, let's move on. Let's get back to the fucking match. Um, I like that Danielson's focusing on the arm quite a bit. I mean, that's you know, he, he's if he's if he's going to be looking for the for the arm the lock, lock thing, the label lock. This this is what he needs to be doing. So it's a nice bit of ring psychology there, which you expect out of Danielson. Um, right. And maybe you can expect out of, out of Kenny Omega because he did a Absolutely. good job here too, focusing on the neck. Right. Um, both men are taking the full four count for illegal submission holes, which is cool. Um, and also a great example of how you can use the, the rules in professional wrestling to create drama in a match. Um, there was one point here where uh brian was like holding his was holding omega's face and the referee <laughs> counted one two 
three, four, and then Brian dropped him and then put his hand up for five. It was like, right, right. It was great, great little moment in, in this wrestling match here. And it's like, I wish the tag teams would understand that this is how you create drama in a match. You use the rules of a match. Absolutely, bro. And they fucking used not only the rules, but the drama was absolutely insane in that match, dude. You know what I mean? They actually gave us a bit of everything, man, in this match. I did feel Kenny was carrying the match, though. I did, too. Yep. Although, like, I don't want to say it was a carry job like, uh, you know, I don't think it was, you know, Brett and Stan McGee or whatever that guy's name is. No, 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 no. When I say that, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Brian Danielson. It has nothing to do with that. It's just, you know, Brian Danielson, when was the last time he wrestled? 140 some days ago, they said. Well, that's why. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? You know, it just made sense for Kenny to sort of carry the match. But not not completely, but in the first, like, put it this way, 70% of the match was carried by Kenny easily. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I'd go with closer I mean. to 60. I think it was a closer okay. split than that. But I do think that Kenny was in charge, which right. technically, like, is what it's supposed to happen because he's the heel anyway. But um, right, right, yeah. Even um, though he wasn't wrestling really like one, he was doing all these baby face moves, dude, that he hadn't done in a long time. It was a weird. lot of just really high impact stuff. Um, Brian's chest turns to mush. Oh my at one god! Point. <laughs> that was brutal, bro. Like uh, seriously, man. I've never seen, dude. Brian Danielson was beat up, dude. Yes, his chest was pretty fucked up. Um, they go out to the ramp. Danielson hits the yes kicks. Uh, Kenny counters the last one with a snap dragon on the apron, um, which sounds a lot worse than it actually was. If you watch the replay, which I did because I was impressed by this, Kenny did a really good job of protecting Brian with this snap dragon. Like he, he did, did a really good job. He actually took most of the impact on his own head. But it was quick enough that you wouldn't notice it unless you were like really looking for it, which I do because I want to see professional wrestlers being professional. And I think he did a really good job there. I, I was impressed by Kenny there. Um, dude, dude, you know what, what else was, was a dangerous spot though? What about the um, – I guess it was a dragon suplex, superplex off the top <laughs> rope. The I avalanche mean, uh, dragon. That, yeah, that yeah. would have been really – that would have been really dangerous. Um, I actually have a note in here. It says, I'm thankful they did this safe because he released, like he, like Omega released him like mid move and allowed right. Brian to just basically do like a backflip, um, just like a front bump, like a, like a face bump. Do you know what right. I mean? Yeah. But see, did you see the consequences of that bump though? His forehead was totally bruised, dude. Like, I don't know if you noticed that, but. Brian Dennis's forehead was fucked, dude. It was it was pretty bad. I I also think that Omega wound up bruising his head pretty bad too. He hits right. a trigger and then he sets up Brian for the uh for the uh one winged angel, but it's reversed by Hurricane Rana. He does a Phoenix splash from the top. Omega does, and yep. Brian got out of the way. And if you watch the replay, it looked like he came down pretty hard on his head, like. That looked like it hurt. 
I was kind of surprised. Yeah, I was kind of surprised he finished the match. I was like, oof. Dude, but, this um, match was amazing, man. Like, like like I was saying, man, I just want to say just quietly uh, before you get to the to the finish and all that, I've called it on hitting the marks with Jago last week. I said this match was going to end the way it ended, and mm-hmm. I even called what was going to happen after it was going to happen. I called it to a T, so Jago, that's one to me, bro. <laughs> I just had to put they- it out there. There you go, Doctor Jargo. Um, yeah. <laughs> so the I actually really liked the way that they finished this match. Uh, so the, both guys are just brawling, like they're just hitting each other. They're just going back and forth with elbows and and strikes, and the match comes to an end. And I loved that they didn't do what I feel like people often do with the time limit draw, which is like. There's always a finisher just right at the last second and someone was just about to win. And I'm glad they didn't do that because I find it's a little cliche, you know, like I find. Oh, absolutely. Okay, we've seen that now, like in every single time limit draw. So I love that at this one, it was just, no, these guys just straight up need more time to fucking murder each other before somebody wins. Man, I just do it. Look, man, if this doesn't fucking get a five-star rating by Meltzer, Schmelter, whatever you want to call him, or at least break the five-star rating. This was the Kenny of old in this match. He was fucking ripping all his old-school moves, even the you-can't-escape move, right? You know when he – um, oh, what's the move called? Sheamus does it too, but Kenny does it the best. I forgot what the actual move's called, but he calls it the you-can't-escape anyway. Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm not sure. You know when um he kind of – he gets him in a like a like a he's a he gets him he's holding him right in a Samoa in a Samoan drop sort of position, but instead of like leaning back, you end up sort of flipping, like and then land on his oh, feet. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I don't know what the move is called, but I, I've seen Seamus do it too. Yeah, right. And it, well, he calls it the "you can't escape," and everyone goes "you can't escape" as Kenny says it too. Right. Mm-hmm. He hadn't. Pulled that move out in a long time, man. And even his Terminator spot where he's like, doo, 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 doo. yeah, hadn't did that since he was a baby face. You know what I mean? And the fact yeah. that he was wearing blue is interesting. Red versus blue. Blue usually symbolizes, you know, the good. Baby face, yeah. Right, which is strange how they went this dynamic. And yes, I know he's wearing burgundy, Brian Danielson, but close enough to red. But you get my drift, right? Yeah. Well, I liked – I really, really liked Danielson in this match. Um, you could sort of tell that, like, he's been he's been holding back quite a bit, you know, oh in my WWE. Because right, in this right. match, he was pretty vicious too. Like, even as a face, like – Oh, was, my God. You know, he didn't seem like he was nice. He seemed like he was a fucking no. nightmare to wrestle. <laughs> and I love this fucking version of – Brian Danielson, but the problem is, this is the old school fucking American Dragon version. That's what we're getting right here, right? Yeah. But I'm worried because his head looked bad, dude. Like his forehead looked bad. If he's getting, he's one con- one concussion away from not only possibly ending his friggin' life, but his career. Like, if he's not concussed after that match, after his forehead being the way it is. I don't know, dude. I just hope he's already. I just hope he's okay, really, man. Because 
He looked pretty beat up, man. But the only thing, the only gripe I had, I felt Kenny looked so much bigger than fucking Brian Danielson, bro. Yeah, well, he did. Not that he, it's he a bad is, thing, like, but yeah. Well, he is, yeah. right. He's taller. He's fucking wider. And the thing is, Kenny, the fact that he was doing a lot of those cruiserweight-style moves, right, the size that he is, and can still pull that shit off, he's fucking crazy, dude. Yeah, and I mean, there was a couple of moments there, too, where it sort of looked like... Um, and I think it was purposeful. I don't think this was a mistake. Um, but it sort of looked like he was playing just a little bit at moments in the sort of like towards the beginning of the match. Like it's sort oh, of looked yeah, like yeah, he was definitely like, he was like overly confident. Do you know what I mean? Oh, and then by the end yeah. of the match, it was like, ah, shit. <laughs> oh, it was done good. on purpose. Good storytelling, yeah, right? Absolutely. No, 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 it was done on purpose. No doubt. Because if you notice, they started off kind of slow, it was, it was definitely. like a real sort of uh you know testing each other out it was more like your typical sort of rest holds you know yeah it was wrist locks and headlocks right. it was great right but then they moved that's why that's what i mean they gave you everything in this match they went from like a typical wrestling match to a like working like two big men pretty much from there they sped up shit then it got more fucking vicious then we got a lot of the holds submissions cruiserweight style fucking flips i mean dude this match had like everything you know what i mean and sure and basically everything was sold yeah absolutely and sold well i just my only gripe was one too many v triggers though yeah i mean i think he overdoes it with the v triggers in his big matches but right you can sort of say the same thing about uh danielson and the yes kicks right I guess. Yeah, true. I don't know. It's just the, the V-Trig is just kind of more noticeable to me when it's overdone. But, yeah, no, you're right. Definitely. And it's not even a fucking complaint. It's just a slight gripe that it that it didn't even bother me. Like, I didn't care. I'm just putting it right, out right. there. Like, if there's anything to nitpick about this match, it was just that for me. But in saying that, five stars, easy. For me, I fucking enjoyed it that much that everything after – just didn't feel right. And I understand why this match was first. I can totally understand why. Because not only does it give him time and not worry or stress about time, right? Mm-hmm. But even though it was 30 minutes, and it was a quick 30 minutes, man, and they really stopped at 30 minutes on the dot, bro, to a T. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I mean, this match, like I said, possibly AEW Dynamite's best ever match. It's definitely one of the best ever matches in all of AEW even, dude. Seriously. I'm struggling say to that. think of one that was better. I don't know, yeah. man. For me, like for me as an old school wrestling fan, like um yeah, this was the best match that AEW's ever put on. That for me, this is the best that they've ever done. Absolutely. So AEW and and Tony Khan not that you were the mastermind. So more specifically, Kenny and, and Brian Danielson, round of applause, guys. Absolutely. That's right. I don't Absolute know if you have a similar man. thing in Australia, but here in Canada, we would respond to this match by saying, fucking A, boys. Uh, actually, we say the same thing. Fucking A, boys. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. <laughs> fucking so, A. 
so anyways, after the match, uh, the Express come or the sorry, the Elite. I'm getting uh-huh. all screwed up here. The Elite come down. They jump Danielson a little bit, um, but they got run off by the Jurassic Express and Christian. Um, I didn't care about that at all, but I mean, what a fucking match, dude! Like, wow, I like, I'm blown away. Um, yeah, I. I, I think that even Jim Cornette will probably be like, that was a great fucking wrestling match. And he hates Kenny Omega. He absolutely despises Kenny. I'm actually looking forward to to hearing his uh, opinion on this. But he will. He does praise Kenny when he has to. He does it begrudgingly, yeah. but he will get you the McFinger bang fucking comment in. Don't worry about that. <laughs> and Olivier. Olivier. That's Kenny funny, Olivier. though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is what it is, man. I, I guess he knows at this point people like hearing him fucking say that shit. You know, yeah, it is what I it think is. It's, I think it's a little unwarranted with Kenny, but I think that it's entirely warranted with the Young Bucks. So I, Oh, absolutely. Know. He knows that. He knows that deep down. You know what I mean? And sure, Kenny can oversell shit sometimes, you know, with his facials and all that. But that's him being an idiot. When he wants to be serious... He really can be, man, and and when he is, like I've said, man, he's my favorite current professional wrestler for the last six years, easy, if not more. Right on, and mine is Brian Danielson. So well, there you go. <laughs> we were and both well, happy. I'm ashamed. You're Canadian, and I don't know why Canadians hate Kenny, but it is what it is. <laughs> I don't hate Kenny. I, I like Kenny quite a bit, actually. I just. Um... I don't know. I think it's something – there's something to the idea of watching a guy come up. You know what I mean? And I just never was into Japanese wrestling. So Right, right. Understandable. I, I, I think Kenny's one of the best wrestlers in the world for sure. I just um, – He's yeah, numero uno. Yeah. Yes, the thing is, it's like I never – I never – I guess I never watched him come up as a young boy, right? Like I watched – Brian Danielson in ROH. I watched him come up through the WWE system. I watched him go from, you know, I watched him a number of times go from, you know, uh, mid card to upper mid card to superstar. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's, I think it's easier to, to really like think of those guys as your favorites. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, well, yeah, it is what it is, man. But shout outs to fucking our, you know, <laughs> Everyone's favorite fucking <laughs> homeboy. Yes, we are speaking AEW, my man. And if you feel like fucking saying hello, don't be shy. That's right, homeboy. You got a shout out at the beginning of the show. So when you when you listen back to the to the recording, which I know you will, um, you know, you'll you'll hear a little something in there about yourself. So <laughs> and it's facts. It's all facts, homie. Factual. You know, mi hermano. But anyway. Mi, mis hermanos. Okay, well, um, back from the break, uh, Cult of Personality gets a huge pop, which I don't know. Honestly, at this point, I just have written down here, this crowd is wonderful. Congrats, New York. You're awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. So, shout out to New York. Shout out Great to New York crowd. City. Shout out to Queens. That's right. Yeah. Oh, someone wants to come in. Is that fucking 
Hey, Humberto. <laughs> What's up, PWC, the original PWC? I know there's different variations, but you know what? This is the OG right here. It's and sure I got is OG. I got, so, I got something. You, uh, do you guys want to hear something? I've always wanted to do it on your show. Go, Go for, for it. it. Okay. I am cold like December snow. I have carved out this soul made of stone and I will drag you down and sell you out. <laughs> what have I become now that I betrayed everyone I've ever loved? I pushed them all away. Oh, I can't. Oh, my Can you hear the birds? Can you hear the crows in the background, Chris? <laughs> it Home sounds boy. like a murder I become, of crows. I become, I become man. Homeboy. Whatever Please. happened to Chris Jericho and him being over on EW? Did everybody just forget about his ass? Dude, I have a comment for later tonight. Like when they do the when they mm. do that backstage interview, they have a backstage interview yeah. with Chris Jericho, and I mm -hmm. swear to God, I am not kidding. The only way he got a reaction was by literally like bringing up New York. Like the old Mick Foley <laughs> cheap pop is the only way he got a fucking reaction. It made me laugh my ass off. I know everybody's coming in. CM Punk, huge pop. Rick Flair, did Rick Flair show up yet or is it still he hasn't come uh, to the AEW? He's probably canceled for the for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Let's not bring that up. But yeah. I mean, I've been listening to you guys for like a year now. Has it been? And yeah, I mean, yeah. you guys were discussing him, uh, Chris Jericho coming out, everybody singing his theme music. And now he's like yesterday's news, bro. Well, fuck, man. When you got people like CM Punk, Brian <laughs> Danielson, Kenny yeah. Omega and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, shit, man. Jericho, look, Jericho's over, man. Mm -hmm. But he's kind of getting cheesy right now, man. Okay. In my opinion, yeah. anyway. Chris Jericho, think he's, a badass is not. Do you think yeah. he's going to go back to WWE? Do you think he's going to show up there? That's always a possibility, man. In fact, don't be surprised if he does end his career there. There's been some sort mm -hmm. of rumblings about that in, in many ways. But we'll see what happens, man. Because at the end of the day, he's done his job. He put AEW on the map mm -hmm. by being their first champion. He's done everything he can in that company. He's put over a lot of young kids. I mean, what is there for him to do? He heck, he even commentates. So, I mean, what is there left for him to do, really, in AEW? Yeah, he does commentate, Jimmy. Yeah. This is the way he commentates. <laughs> it's 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 that camera you eleven at all times. Everything <laughs> that he ever says on commentary. <laughs> is at this volume. He's Stan Cameron. What's what's it called Stan Cameron Moran? Whatever the fuck his name is from uh, Southport Wrestling. That's I, what he's I, doing. I'm sorry, I forgot the. I, I got CTE. So, what's the owner's name of AEW again? Uh, yeah. What's the name? Tony Khan. Tony. Tony Khan. Yeah, Tony Khan. Is it, I mean, is it uh, just a rumor? It was probably a bullshit rumor that Jericho was calling him an idiot. Like, there's a guy over here handing out millions of dollars to sign wrestlers. Huh. You should come. Well, well, it's the truth. 
<laughs> I mean, seriously. I know he that, but idiot. do you think that Jericho would say something like that, or that was just like a big rumor? Put it this way, homeboy, all right? You're telling me behind closed doors all these motherfuckers wouldn't be calling you your money, Mark? Maybe, but like you said, like he gave Jericho an opportunity, uh, you know, for AEW. Yeah, he helped out the company too, but that'd be kind of fucked up. Tony Khan gets him in there, pays him good, and he's like, this fucking idiot over here. Dude, he's uh, such a mark. The way he, he hugs yeah. the wrestlers is so like yeah. you want to throw up, mm -hmm. right? It just makes me cringe, man. You mean yeah. just and I mean honestly, like some of the yeah. stuff that he books on this show is pretty stupid. Like mm. and, and some of the some of the people that he's paying, it doesn't make any sense for him to be paying them what they're like the fact yeah. that they brought in Big Show on big money, the fact that they yeah. brought in Mark Henry on big money mm -hmm. to basically just remind people of why WWE was good twenty years ago is like hmm. Yeah, what are they gonna do with them? Well, Mark Henry is a Mark Henry is a commentator, and okay. I I use Not that anymore. word. Oh, he's oh, is he just he's doing the backstage off. interview stuff? Yeah. Okay. Well, thank kicked. God, because because he was fucking terrible at commentary. Right. And we like, were saying that week in week out about that man. Love Mark Henry, by the way. One of my favorites mm -hmm. from back in the day. I fucking loved that whole sexual chocolate run. That thing made that <laughs> made me laugh and laugh and laugh. Sexual baby. <laughs> other than his stepson which is a, yeah. a, a rubber hand other than that huh. like that whole run was great Ooh, i got a question for you how do you feel about the owen hart tournament we haven't even talked yeah okay so so just a little background so just a little background for anybody listening um, AEW and Martha Hart, that's Owen's widow, um, mm -hmm. came to a, an agreement to basically like allow the Owen Hart Foundation and AEW to work together, including they're going to have a, a tournament where the winner is going to be given a, a, a trophy or an award that they're going to call the Owen. Um, it also oh. includes that Owen apparently is going to be a part of the upcoming AEW video game, which that's kind of cool. Oh. I'm not going to lie. Oh. I'm oh. looking right, forward right. to that. Okay. Um, as far as like, as far as Owen doing stuff with AEW, here's here's the way I, I look at it. Um, he was a WWE guy. He made his name there. He did everything there. Um, mm -hmm. and I wish that it was possible for the WWE and Martha to come to some kind of understanding. But at the same time, I understand where she's coming from when where she says. I feel like they were neglectful and that's why he's dead. I'm not going to let them make money off of him. Mm. So I get it and I get both sides. And also, I mean, I, I've seen a lot of people saying like, oh, well, how is Brett going to you know, handle this? Well, Brett like was on the first Dynamite. Brett brought out the AEW championship. Like, really? Right, right. Well, yeah, I didn't yeah, know this. Yeah. Not the so, first so Dynamite, like, the first pay-per-view, by the way. Right, the first pay-per-view. So like Brett's not against coming up, coming to AEW and being like, hey, Hunter, suck a dick for a couple months. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Well, I just, I just want to get out there. The thing that annoys me about this little deal, right, and Martha, you know, doing this shit, First of all, he's a WWE guy, all right? WWF guy. 
Yeah. I'm sorry, right? Did he die in vain? So we're going to pretend like he never... Sure, what happened is a tragedy, right? No doubt about it. And sure, Vince McMahon should, should have been held accountable, and really he wasn't, in my opinion. In saying that, those dickheads that fucking... You know, those Hollywood fuckheads who were the ones that fucking caused this shit really deep down as well mm-hmm. should be put in jail. In saying that, he was a WBF guy and I just feel like, did he die in vain? Like, was that all that for nothing? No. And I get, and I get well, it is for nothing because we're never going to get him in the Hall of Fame. Like, they can't talk about him. It's like he doesn't exist. I get it. I totally understand Martha's point of view, right? Totally. But, man, do it for your fans. What's AEW going to achieve? Tony Khan is just doing this for fun. It's a publicity stunt, man. Yeah, that's why I asked because, you know, Chris is Canadian. He's a big – I mean, it says right there, Hitman 661, you know. That's, right. that's why That's why I wanted to ask him. Also, you, you're saying there's going to be a video game and he's going to be in it. Uh, Chris, I got to ask you. You know how, like, in the NHL game back in the days, you can slam the guy and he'd bleed on the ice? Remember yeah. that? Mm-hmm. Uh, in the AEW game, is uh, Owen going to power drive people and break their necks? Man. Only if they're starting to get popular enough to threaten his brother at the top of the card. I'm just kidding, bro. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, last thing before I go, last thing I heard about Tony Khan is that he said he would never hire Hulk Hogan. Is this true? Yes. And that's a rumor. I want to hear this straight from his mouth, dude. Can you get can you get fucking Hulk on the line? I hear you're good friends with him, homeboy. Right now? Right now, I want to know what his fucking answer is about that, man. Ooh. Is that possible? Sure, Can you get on, the brother me... to come in? Hold on, let me hold on. Let me go on mute and let me call him. I'll uh I'll I'll pipe him. <laughs> no worries. So Chris, while 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 homeboy is doing that with the Hulkster, <laughs> do you think it's fair that Owen is what getting this sort of treatment? Brother, man? I'm over here oh. having a Hulkamania pasta, brother. Oh, I got Hulk. noodles in my mouth, brother. What do you want? <laughs> I just did a Hogan's Corner for you earlier, dude. Right, and we're appreciative of that, Hulk. And you know what? You came in right at the end of the show, but Hulkster, there's an important question well, we need to ask you, dude. Oh, we okay, need to ask go you ahead, brother. Dude. Go right. ahead, brother. But we're hearing some rumblings that Tony Khan, yes, that's TK for short. Mm-hmm doesn't want to have anything to do with you brother he thinks you're a racist piece of shit brother and oh tony god you think the whole media <laughs> is a fucking racist brother and that's at the end brother but i'm gonna tell you this did you know that me and booker t used to tell each other the n-word all the time brother it was cool with it it was cool with it go ask fucking booker t brother well tony Khan, you're a fucking retard brother that's all i got to say oh Christ. Hold, wow. calm the fuck down, bro. Who are you calling retard? Tony Khan, brother. Fuck him. 
You know what, Tony Khan? I want to be keep a professional, brother. But go fuck yourself, brother. You fucking retard. What you gonna do when the whole comedia fucking spits in your face? Dude. Tony, terrible layers out, brother. I gotta go. Peace out, all. Peace, Hulk. Damn. That was, wow. Wow. Jeez. I, I, don't know, I hope we didn't get canceled, man, after that. Brother, I wow. Um, <laughs> how do you even wow. follow that? Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, shit. I, I really don't know. I really, um, all right, we're gonna, <laughs> Jesus. wow. Well, from one pipe bomb to uh, to, to the man who popularized the pipe bombs, uh, CM Punk comes out. Uh, he calls out Taz and Hobbs and he stops to say, Yeah, you're from here and they don't even like you to Taz, which was kind of funny. Um, Punk says a bunch of stuff that's just kind of babyface, blah, blah. And eventually he says that Friday night Hobbs is going to go to sleep. Uh, it was a good promo from Punk. Um, uh, I, I don't know. Like a lot of people are like talking about happy Punk as if it's really bad. I don't think it's bad. I think it's just different than what we're used to. I don't hate it. All right. Chris, I'm looking forward to him something. getting more like more into it, but it, I don't hate it right now. Go ahead. Well, let me tell you something, brother. <laughs> oh, shit. Shit ass to Hulk. Anyway, me and Jago figured something out, and to Jago's credit, he figured it out first. All right, so if anyone listened to Hitting the Marks this past weekend, you will know exactly what we're talking about because no one, and I mean no one, spoke about it. So Jago asked me, did you see the heel turn last week on Dynamite? And I'm going to ask you the same question, Chris. Did you see the heel turn last week on Dynamite? Not this past, not this one tonight. I'm talking about last week. Uh, no. Well, the good news is, Chris, neither did I initially, right? But Jago told me without telling me, but he told me, watch the first hour, then tell me if you if you got it, like if you understood or saw the heel turn. So I did just that. I literally played it back. In fact... I didn't even watch it. I actually listened to it so I can pay attention to commentary and shit. And then I figured it out. And I messaged Jago, right, privately, and I said, dude, I think I figured it out. It's CM Punk, right? And guess what, Chris? He's planting seeds at Turning Hill. It's the oh, shit I think he said the seeds are being planted. Yeah, I mean – he 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 favored a lot of the uh, heels in right he was exactly commentary for he called FTR the the best tag team in the world. Um, he put over MJF too, and actually yeah. likened him to himself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's. I wonder though. That's the thing. Like, if this was the WWE, then he would have been way more ham fisted with it, and it would have been for sure that it was a heel turn. Right. As is, I don't know if it's really. I, I kind of hope it is because Punk is just way better as a heel. Like he's oh, fine being happy. Not a punk, day, but, bro. Right, but he's he's like excellent as a bad guy. Um, I dare say, I absolutely I superb as a fucking heel. 
Yeah, I just I don't know. Maybe the thing with AEW is like a lot of this stuff is like up in the air a lot of the time. So, um, I totally get where Jargo's coming from, but I'm not convinced that that's what they want him to do. I'm not, not right sold one hundred percent, but it's like me pointing out about Christian turning heel months ago. Do you remember that? Yeah. And I was saying he's going to turn on Jungle Boy. Yeah, he still might. Yeah. Uh, he's. I guarantee you that's happening. There's no ifs or buts about it. Mm. So if that does end up happening, then I can see the punk thing happening pretty soon too, dude. They yeah. they do drop a lot of Easter eggs if you pay attention. No, they do. Yeah, like I feel like the I feel like AEW in a lot of ways is more subtle than the WWE. Although, I mean, more subtle than the WWE is like saying you're wetter than the desert. Ooh. But, uh, Ooh, wetter than the fucking desert. Yeah, no, because WWE is the least subtle Uh-oh. thing that you will, you will ever watch on television. It's <laughs> right. truly awful. Oh, it was like that. It was like that guy that was performing at NXT the other night. Where it was like, he's he's from Singapore. Did did you know he's from Singapore? Did you did you know that Singapore is a country oh and that God. this guy is from there? Hey, you want to know something interesting about this guy? He's from Singapore. Hey, do you know where this guy comes from? Singapore. <laughs> wait, wait, okay, wait, Vince, where he, where, shut where the fuck from? up. <laughs> but wait, no, where does he come from? Yeah, Singapore. Oh, well, clap, clap to the fucking handicaps at WWE. Jesus, awful stuff. Jeez. Awful. Absolutely uh, dreadful. All right, speaking of some awful stuff, um, this next part of the show is going to get some shit from me. Not that it was terrible, but it's MJF versus Brian Pillman Jr. Mm-hmm. Jr. Terrible. Okay, first terrible. of all, Julia Hart comes to the ring with Brian Pillman Jr., that's wink, wrong. Wink. Pillman needs right. to be thinking that he's he's got a chance to murder yeah. MJF tonight. You don't bring no. your lady cheerleader to the ring for a match like that. Because uh, that gets you boiling, brother. Yeah. All right. So Pillman starts starts with uh, some fired up arm drags and hip tosses. Um, that's fine. But then he immediately turns and plays to the crowd. Wrong again. I know I'm nitpicking here, and I and I am nitpicking a little bit, but the proper story here is that Brian has had to wait three weeks to get his hands on MJF, and somehow MJF appears to be the one with more fire because Pillman's just he's just there to have fun, brothers, and he's he's there to wave to the crowd and try to get that one two three, you know. And it's like, what? What That's the fuck what am doing. I watching? <sighs> Man, I'll be honest, man. These these two guys do not have chemistry, bro. Is it just me? It just felt like there was no fucking chemistry. Not I just no mean, chemistry. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. Maybe that first match absolutely fucked it all up for the rest of the show for me, right? But just seeing it, I was expecting like a blood feud, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like this should have been – I mean, remember Brian – Metheny, does that not ring a bell? He was saying that about your mother, Metheny. I and, mean, hello. And that she should have swallowed you, and that, that yeah. she should have aborted you. And yeah. he talked shit about the lady who raised you. He talked shit about your sister. Like, yeah, 
I Jesus, don't know, man. man. Maybe that, you I guess be waving to the crowd. <laughs> yeah, and maybe you're just a goose. I mean, that's it. He's done, done and dusted. And you know what, man? I was listening to a Tony Khan interview. You know what made me laugh? And I was laughing hysterically, and then I actually turned it right off. Do you know okay. what he said? He was on Busted Open, and he had the decency to say that Brian, Bu- I mean, that Brian Pillman Jr. Right, was getting so over in his home fucking city of fucking Cincinnati, Cincy, like Sting would say, right? No. Can you believe that shit? Like he got his comeuppance in Cincy on Dynamite. <laughs> if you call that come up, nah, man, nah, 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 nah. nah. And I'm no. baffled by how poorly this was booked because, like, MJF is already pretty much a made man. Like, right. and he's so good on the mic that he can get his heat back anyway. Even if he takes a loss, it's really not going to hurt him. And a vicious, like, like serious beatdown would have really pushed Brian. I mean that. They, they, that would have pushed him to at least, like, solidly inside the mid-card you know, TNT championship type yeah. type level. And as is, I don't see how they how he comes back from this. The guy yeah. the guy called your mother Methany. He said <laughs> that you should have been swallowed and then aborted. Mm, you powdered well. out because your friend was getting threatened. Then the next week you you couldn't even hit the guy with the chair. You didn't even get a chance to do that. And then when you finally got in the ring with them he basically was the more fired up of the two and he made you tap out in the middle of the ring. Yep. It's How do you true. Come back from that? You don't. Cause you know I, what? I don't, I don't think so either. To me, let, Brian Pillman is done. I, I can't. Well, well let me say they something. Do. They did push Brian Pillman. So let me take that back. TK did push Brian, P- P- Brian Pillman, but pushed him right over the edge. Yeah. Pushed him off a cliff. Yeah, great one, TK, Booker of the Year, you idiot. And see you flying blind. It was nice seeing you, mate. Fucking, he's flying on out of here, dude. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I want to cheer for him, you know. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Bret Hart guy, we, you know. <laughs> so to me, he's part of the legacy, you know what I'm saying? But I, uh, I Yeah, I don't think the hearts really give a shit. I'm talking about the kids. Yeah, I don't think any of the kids care at all. Um, <laughs> at all. At all. Um, <laughs> all right, so next up here is Jericho and Hager. They're backstage. They're saying a bunch of stupid shit. Jericho literally can't get the crowd to pop except when he says, I mean, what do you think we're do- What do you think you're doing? We're here in New York City, cheap pop. Mm. It's just like, fuck off, Jericho. <laughs> Bad. Uh, Bad. Come on, Chris. And I'm not talking about you, Chris. <laughs> yeah. No. I'm talking about Mr. Irvine, aka Jericho. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all I'm saying, dude. Yeah, it was bad. Um, next up, we've got Malachi Black versus Cody Rhodes. Oh, uh. boy. Was well, this a hallelujah moment for me, bro? <laughs> okay. Hallelujah. First off, uh, Cody's entrance is just self-indulgence taken to the extreme. Um, and I legitimately, I was sitting here, I was struggling to get my kids to go to sleep. 
at the time. And I laughed out loud when I saw Brandy Rhodes come down. I was like, of course, Brandy's in New York. Of course she's in New York. Oh my God. Fuck this woman. She's the worst. (laughs) Jesus. Fuck off, Brandy. You fucking attention seeking fucking, fucking, fucking. I don't even want to say it. Right. But God damn it. Boy, did they get their fucking deserved booze out of the fucking building. Seriously. Yeah, I kind of loved that. There was some boo yay, but it was black getting the face reaction. (laughs) And I was like, oh, thank you, New York. Once again, I love you. (laughs) And guess what? This was all your fault, Cody. It was all your fault. We warned you for so long. This was going to happen. We said it, Chris. We've been saying it for at least freaking it feels like a year already, dude. All right. That this is what's going to happen to him if he ain't motherfucking careful. And guess what, Cody? You're sucking your own fucking dick now, aren't you, mate? Yeah. (laughs) And it's it's gotten to the point now where the fans are just sick and tired of it. And, like, they did a good – the thing is, like, if they are planning on turning him, which I – feel like they have to they have to if they, if they are they planning on turning to. him they did a wonderful job here when he powdered out and then brandy rolled into the ring just to flip yes. off black. right i think that was done on the fly to save fucking her husband's ass dude and get some mm-hmm. heat honestly i truly believe that man that felt sort of like a panic moment where she thought for herself and if that's the case i absolutely applaud you brandy for i'll say it You've done something right. Doesn't mean I like you, though. You're good looking. But that's not about looks. You know what I'm saying? I felt like she really did that to save her freaking husband's freaking backside, dude. Because yeah. it was going downhill and fast. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to make of the fact that, like, he got, like, Cody got booed pretty hard in this match, but the announcers hard. never wanted to sell it, like, not even oh, at all. Not even a not question of, like, oh, I wonder, like, like not even one of those stupid comments, like, oh, like, you know, New York, it's a different country up here. <laughs> it's bizarro land, you know, some like that, like yeah. that be with the, Which yeah, they said about that. Canada. Fuck you guys. <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> But, yeah, man, I mean, they're idiots for not even acknowledging it. You know what I'm saying? Like, really? Like, come on, man. Did they really think? Did Cody? Oh, actually, well, I'll take it back. Cody probably truly believed they were going to get the pop of the fucking nightfall, you know, bro? I'm sure he figured, you know, oh, yeah, as soon as Brandy comes out, everybody will just fucking love her. But <laughs> no, no, Cody. It, it was huge. It was huge. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, black kicks out of the crossroads, which was cool. Um, and then black eventually uses the mist to get the win and the crowd just fucking love him for it, which made me laugh again. Uh, yeah. My comment here at the end of this match was they're going to have to turn Cody soon because he's fucking terrible as a face and this crowd does not like him. And when we say soon, we're talking about like by rampage. (laughs) That's soon, dude, because, yeah, man, he's done. That's it. Now it's going to become a trend. We knew this was going to happen, Chris. It was yeah, just a matter of when. Yeah, we've this for a while, yeah. Right. And we fucking saw his bullshit 
long before fucking everyone saw his bullshit. And now what, track? Now what, track? What are you going to say now, track? All right? I just want to put it out there. You can't say shit now, track. Your own people's are meaner in your mean streets, bro. I'm going to say it right now. I'm sorry I said it. Shout-outs to track, by the way. I hope you didn't murder anyone today. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see the video with him and Seth Rollins? That was fucking great. I didn't see that one, but I did oh see the video where God, he was talking about dude. his own personal stuff right now. Dude, dude, no, it was on my feed, bro. I mean, he was promoting this shit. It's even on the PW Hustle uh, page on YouTube, which you can also find us right there on the PW Hustle, which is the skirmish, actually. He's on the PW Hustle, and I fucking totally yeah. tongue-twisted my shit. But in saying that, right, dude, he literally gives shit like he – he has the fucking gall to go up to Seth Rollins and say, who can't be beat in these mean streets, bro? He asked, he said it to him. And now it looked like it was at night, late at night, maybe midnight, maybe even after midnight. Cesaro that was there too, looked like he was shitting himself, right? <laughs> Seth Rollins looked like he was shitting himself, right? And he said it. Who can't be beat in these mean streets? And Rollins fucking does a little side turn. He goes, you. <laughs> he goes, that's right. He's like, that's right. You know what I mean? So shout outs to you, Track, for fucking getting the Messiah to shit his pants. Yeah, good job. Um, good job. Yeah. Good job yeah, on that. Uh, you know. Ground. Yep. Good job on getting put over by Tyler Black. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tyler Black, who loves rubbing fucking asses at night, bro. Just He's quietly. Super into it. Yeah. Super. Uh, all right. Next up here, we've got FTR versus Sting and Darby. You mean Hall uh, and Hall versus Sting and Darby? Listen, I like the trunks. I like the NWO trunks. I actually don't, Chris. No. I'll tell you why. The Pinnacle's supposed to be a wannabe horseman fucking crew, right? Yeah. Why the fuck are they coming out in NWO fucking gear? Well, what the fuck are the Pinnacle even? Like, this is what I'm saying. The horsemen, bro. They're the fucking... Well, they're not really horses. They're more like ponies at this point. I mean, seriously. Seriously. They're they're supposed to be the horsemen. They're really supposed to be the horsemen. You yeah, just where's the connection the between of all of them? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, there needs to be some more connection between all of them. Because right now, it's like there was the MJF thing, right? And he's right. dressed a certain way, right? He's right. He doesn't have a, a T-shirt that says the pinnacle. He doesn't have a – he's not coming to the ring saying, you know, you know, uh, you know, shout-outs to FTR. They're going to kick Sting's ass tonight as he True. comes out. There's no connection between – the different segments it's like it sometimes some days it feels a little bit like like whoever's writing this tk or whoever he's got helping him uh is just writing things literally like segment by segment instead of trying to connect the show because like if if you didn't know that the pinnacle was a thing and you watched this week there's no fucking chance you know the pinnacle's a thing who yeah what's the pinnacle well Who's that? And, yeah. I mean, you're right. What you said is 100% spot on. 
There's no connection. There's nothing. MJF doesn't seem to give a shit. They don't give a shit about him. I've always said, why would you listen to a fucking little snot-nosed freaking arrogant kid anyway, right? Yeah, and I agree with you. I think it's like MJF is the breakout star of the group, fine, but like... Right. And sorry if you can hear the sirens. I'm in a police state, just so you know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's been going off all night, all day, sorry. Yeah, what do you think happened um, there? You think that somebody was like somebody maybe like sneezed or like walked <laughs> outside of their house for a cigarette and they didn't have yeah, a COVID quite, vaccine uh, or right? Quite possibly, Chris. Unfortunately, <laughs> you know yeah. what, man? Fuck the po po. All right, that's right. <laughs> FTPP. Yeah, instead of FTR. Yeah. And it's a shame because I, I I kind of like wouldn't mind you like you know upholding the law, but you serve us cunts. All right. Not the fucking government, but anyway, fuck them, fuck the government, and fuck you too, Cody, and more, most importantly, fuck the Pinnacle and the FTR. Yeah, fuck the revival. Fuck the revival. Um, right. Sting started off this match uh, way too overly powered for my taste. Oh, it's super Sting. 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 No, dude, Sting <laughs> is not and has never been the Undertaker. I don't know why. Sting. I don't know why they're yeah. pushing him this way, but whatever. Well, I'll tell um, you why. There's one positive thing though, Chris. Okay. He applied an actual proper Scorpion Deathlock, aka Sharpshooter. Yeah, he did it. He did a pretty good Sharpshooter. Yeah. yeah, he fucking did, dude. He actually applied it properly. Yeah, it was a, it was a well done Sharpshooter. Way to go, Sting. For way the to go, Steve. Steve Borden does a great <laughs> sharpshooter. Yep, and that's a Canadian saying it, folks. You know, as you could tell, it was hard for him to actually admit that. Yeah. Although I will say that it is a sharpshooter and not a scorpion deathlock, you fucking weirdo. Um, moving on. Um, uh, well, let me fucking correct you there. It was actually Bret Hart that took it I off know. Sting. I know, you know, I know that. Know that. I'm sorry, I, I do I'm know sorry. that. And they both stole it from some guy in Japan. <laughs> from Japan, from Japan. I'm, yes, right. I'm well aware. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Because you had me worried there for a second, Chris. I'm thinking he can't be serious, right? <laughs> no, no, no. no. I, I, I know the actual history. I just, I like being the 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 annoying Canadian. Um, oh, I that's, see. That's that's my job. That's my role on this network. Eh? Eh? Yeah, fucking A. Uh, anyway, the match ends <laughs> with uh, Sting locking in the sharpshooter. Um, I like that finish. That's cool. But I, I don't know. I really wish they would push FDR. And- Fuck the revival, bro. What part of that don't you understand? They're telling you themselves. Yeah. Fuck the revival, and, man. And I felt a little bit like, listen, I'm not saying that Sting was slow tonight because he wasn't. He was he actually wasn't. pretty quick he with his movements. He actually but was. he's starting – but he's starting to look his age a little bit, don't you think? Like, well, considering the you know the old man style face paint we saw today that looked disheveled, it made him look disheveled in many ways. Yeah, maybe it was maybe it was mostly that. But his hair too is starting to kind of like thin out, thin out and wave around a little bit. I don't know. I didn't. Like <laughs> it. um, it's thing. Yes. <laughs> uh, is that your stomach yes. grumbling, dude? 
I honestly, I think so. Was it, <laughs> is that what that was? Stay. Anyway. Jesus. I'm going to fucking right, anyway. jump off a cliff in the minivan and stop saying stay. Yeah, moving on. We've got Ruby <laughs> Soho versus Britt Baker as a main event. Um, I think the crowd was probably a little bit beat by this point. Because oh, you think they'll well, beat listen, really listen, long time ago. Yeah, like look, I like Ruby, right? And I love Ruby Soho the song. Like it's a great song. Uh look, can I say one more thing before you continue about that song? Sure. All I hear in my head now is not Ruby Soho, but Ruby Ruby is a hoe. Ruby Ruby <laughs> is a hoe. That's all I'm hearing now, dude. That's awesome. You you and I should do like a like a AEW themes remix. We can do Ruby Ruby is a hoe and uh, we can do Super Gay Party. <laughs> and uh, I mean we've got all kinds of great remixes that we could do. We should we should do this one day. Man. <laughs> uh, that's how retarded we are because you know Chris thinks uh, it's a super gay party. Legitly, like he really thought that, and I think Ruby's a hoe. Okay, yeah, that's all I, I honestly, dude. When I first heard it, I was like, Are they saying like because it literally it sounded like beat your meat, beat, <laughs> beat your meat to start, oh and then God. it was, and then they and then it switched oh, to no. super gay party, <laughs> super gay. And I was just like, All right, if you're gonna own it, I guess own it. Oh, that's fine, guys. Beat. But, your dick beat beat your dick oh man yeah damn dude i'm crying dude you didn't just say that to me bro uh, that's what it sounded like uh <laughs> oh man what up glowy uh but anyway i um you know the reason why i mentioned that about about ruby soho is basically just that like she makes this entrance. It's a really cool song, but you can visibly see that the crowd is sort of sitting on their hands as she comes out, which was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, yeah, Ruby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that it was just a, a matter of being like blown by yes, this point. Yeah. It was like, no, shit. for sure. And they come did on, get dude. them back. I'm not saying they didn't get them back for this match. Cause they it's did. I mean, the crowd totally got into it, but right. This entrance, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yep. And all I fucking think is Ruby is a hoe. Ruby, Ruby Ruby, is a Ruby, hoe. Ruby, Ruby, Ruby's a hoe. <laughs> yeah. See what I mean? If I were her, I'd change the fucking song already. TK, change it. Now, nah. Probably nah. wouldn't. She probably loves it. And she's got to wipe that stupid grin off her face all the time. We get it, man. You're in AW. It's okay. Yeah, you're happy to be there. That's fine. Um, and we're happy for you, girl. Yeah, you go, girl. Um, <laughs> yeah, everything I've heard about Ruby Soho is that she's a really lovely person backstage. I'm so sure she is. I'm very happy for her that she's happy, but um, I don't know. Nobody thought she was winning this match, right? Like, Not me, but there was a lot of people that thought she would. Like, why? I'm serious. I swear why to you, I'm serious. Why would you believe that? Because I don't know, because Ruby's a hoe. There is no yeah. way Britt Baker was was going to lose. She's so over right now that it made Ruby look second rate. 
it really did. The crowd reacted better to Britt Baker than they did to Ruby Soho, which um, you're a hoe, Soho. Yeah, Ruby, 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 Ruby <laughs> Soho. That, I now I swear to God, I'm gonna listen to fucking Rancid. It's, it's <laughs> super gay <laughs> party. Super, super gay. gay. <laughs> yep, and beat your dicks. Beat, beat, beat your dicks. Your meat. Beat, oh, yeah, beat meat. your meat. Pick it down. <laughs> anyway. I swear to God, one of these days they should just come out to the DX theme. I would laugh my ass oh, off. Oh, yeah. I would actually pop to that. And I've thought of that too, man. Because why not? Fuck it. If you watch some Being the Elite episodes, mm-hmm. Kenny singing the DX song is fucking funny, bro. Like, it's pretty imagine. fucking funny. Like, yeah. Like, literally, he's like, you yeah. know, word for word, man. Break it down. It's on the but it's pretty funny. But yeah, man, I mean, to be fair, awesome. this was a show of one match. I'm sorry, even though this card was stacked to the gills. You cannot yeah, top mean, that first match. The thing match. is, is that it was like, even without that match, it was still a pretty decent episode of Dynamite. Oh, like, absolutely. There were some things that were wrong, right? Like the booking of Brian Pillman is just, I mean, to me, it's unforgivable, but I'm kind of an asshole about storytelling. Um, right. But I don't know, man. Like I, like even, but even without the that match, this was still a good episode, you know. And and you know, to be fair, like these girls did a good job too. Um, other than a double down, which wasn't a double down, which always drives me fucking crazy, where one of them hit a kick and then the yeah. other one hit a kick and then they both dropped. Like I, and then super kicks. Yeah, that's not how that's not how physics work, you fucking weirdos. Um, there was a near fall avalanche emerald fusion, which was pretty cool. Um, cool. I thought that these girls both worked really hard. I liked the match. Um, Baker wins after interference from both of her friends, and that's how we go off the air. Um, good episode of Dynamite without the opening match. But literally the best episode of Dynamite when you include the opening match because that was the best match that AEW has put on that I can think of. That like I'm and I'm trying to really think about like okay, there've been some pretty good matches like that hardcore one that Kenny and uh, and Mox had was really good. I don't think it was this good. I don't think it was this good though. I really don't. I agree, man. I don't know. Maybe it's just the anticipation. And the marquee type of matchup that it truly is. Right, but right. I want more. And I can't wait yep. for this pay per view fucking type matchup to happen, dude. Yep, absolutely. Um, well, yeah, that's the end of the show. Um, unless there was anything that you wanted to talk about the, about wrestling? I don't know. <laughs> well, what I do want to talk about is. Like and subscribe at the pwcnetwork.podbean.com where you'll find not just me, but you'll find Chris also. Even though we both do fucking the shows together when it involves AEW. But also, most importantly, like and subscribe at hindermarks.com where you will also find all our shows there. And like and subscribe at the pwhustle.podbean.com where you will find the Wednesday Night Skirmish also on that platform. So, dude, we're worldwide, man. We're Absolutely. worldwide. We're on multiple platforms. 
You can actually even find me on the fucking Hameen media platform doing um, Light the Fuse the week before, <clears throat> which was pretty good, man. We went three hours, though. That was a long time, but it was a great fucking... It was a great time. Got to even talk to Bin, which was great, and Chris Silvio and, and Big Gray Hernandez, who runs shit with The Hustle and at Hameen Media. So big shout-outs to them. Very but, awesome. man... So please like and subscribe everywhere there. Also like and subscribe on YouTube, PwC Network. You can also find us there with all our shows. And like us and follow us at PwC Network underscore network. Sorry, PwC underscore network on Twitter and the PwC discussion group on Facebook. I think that comes to Chris. Is there anything you want to plug before we end it? Uh, well, I'm 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 on Twitter now. Um, That's right. I'm, you got to send me your thing, dude, so I can add it to the description. I'm attempting that right now. So it's Chris Ams. Um, both of my names capitalized, so capital C for Chris Ams, capital A, and then one. And that's it. Like the number one. So Chris Ams one. That's me. Um, follow me on Twitter, I guess, if you want to hear me make smart-ass comments about Canadian politics or about uh, <laughs> shitty wrestling. Uh, <laughs> right. Well, that, insane that, Chris. I'm Jimmy T. He's Chris Ames. And you're listening to the PWC Wednesday Night Skirmish right here at HittingTheMarks.com. Peace. Peace.
like this guy. I sure am glad I'm not wrestling on dynamite. How do you follow that? How do you follow that? since I've been in New York City. It's been an even longer time since professional wrestling has been in New York City. I hear people tell me that I need to be mad and I need to be pissed off and they want the old CM Punk. Well, trust me, I'd imagine eventually you'll see him, but be careful what you wish for. Hobbs, Team Taz. Half of y'all are from here and they don't even like you. I tried to walk down that aisle in Mean Mug and I came out here and I see and I hear all of you and I just crack a smile and really, what do I have to be mad about right now? And then I think about it. Last week on Dynamite, they tricked me. Hops jumped me from behind, and they put me through a table, or they tried to put me through a table. And yes, it pissed me off. And yes, I'm mad about it. But when my music hits, and I step out on that stage. I can't help feeling the way I feel 
that pissed off feeling goes away and I come out here and yes, it's a love fest. And yes, I'm smiling. And yes, I'm happy. I'm happy to see you. But of course, I think what they did or what they attempted to do was take all of this away from me. They don't want to hear cult of personality. They don't want to see happy CM Punk coming out here and enjoying professional wrestling fans. And then, well, then I get really pissed off because it's been so long since I felt this. It's been so long since I had this. It's been so long since I needed this. I get pissed off because nobody is gonna take this away from me. This is mine once again. Taz, Hobbs, you should have picked me back up and you should have finished the job. You should have put me through the table. You should have broke my neck. You should have made sure that the 20,000 people who have packed the rafters in Arthur Ashe Stadium weren't gonna get to hear Cult of Personality. But you made a mistake and you let me live. And really, you slept on the legend of CM Punk. And it's not my job to wake you up. It's my job to tuck your ass in. Rampage, Grand Slam, Powerhouse Hobbs goes to sleep. Wow, what an event that's gonna be on Friday night, I Caliber. Amsterdam, Netherlands, weighing 219 pounds, Malika Black! Amazingly talented athlete who has really made an impression thus far in his short stint here in AEW. He came into all elite wrestling with a mission, and thus far 
He has backed up every single word. He's damn near wiped out the, the, the Nightmare family, fellas. That, that was the mission, JR. That's the purpose. Not only that, you mix in the fact that he loves the occult, that his entrance is so mysterious and so downright damn creepy. Intimidating. Intimidating is what it's all about, Excalibur. Yeah. He intimidates and he's unpredictable, fellas. It's hard to figure this guy out a little bit. Very talented, we, but what he did to Cody, not once but twice, what he did to Arn Anderson, was reprehensible. Brock Anderson is a big score to settle for Cody. The question is, can Cody get it done here tonight against this undefeated athlete? Rosario Dawson of the Nightmare family was out here. She jumped on the back, and the fight was out of control all the way up into the stands. Rosario Dawson, Cody Rhodes, co-judge on the Go Big Show coming up this fall. Malachi Black doing the right thing, man, just staying in the corner. Arn Anderson, Randy is out. Just had a baby, she's looking wonderful. Great to see her back, and it's great to, to see Cody finally get back in the ring. Look at the focus on his eyes, guys. Gotta be, gotta be. Cody's gotta figure a way to beat this man, and thus far, nobody in his family have been able to accomplish such. Having to center the ring, this will oh, be over. Cody exploded oh, with a chop block. What a chop block on that left leg of Malachi Black. Cody charging in, Malachi. Takes a step out. Oh. oh! Second time. Cody, he grabbed for the leg. 
Maybe he was thinking Dragon Screw him, not sure, but either way, Malachi Black, an elbow strike, not Cody. Yeah, boy, Malachi's hurting here, guys. Oh, oh he, he led with that leg. Oh, there's oh. the Dragon Screw in the ropes, and it puts even more torque on the ligaments of the knee. Malachi can't follow through, so it actually shreds the ligaments of the knee. Arn Anderson saying what I'm thinking. You gotta go now. Don't hesitate. No, go right to the leg, Don't JR. ask the crowd what they wanted you to do. Just go get him and break his leg. That's your goal. Oh! Again! That's aggressive, vicious, uh, offensive assault from a very intense man, Cody Rhodes, who is looking for retribution for his entire damn family. Yeah, uh, the tide of this match has completely turned now. Cody Rhodes completely, oh, the back elbow caught Cody on the ear, I think. Just as Cody is getting back in the driver's seat. Oh, oh. look at that. It, it, it found its mark, but it, he hurt himself. Oh, he's looking for crossroads. Malachi counters. Great counter. Cody counters back and goes right back to the yeah. leg. Smart wrestling by Cody Rhodes. Yeah, standing switch. Cody. Oh, watch out. Oh, oh. Drew. That's part of Cody's own momentum that helped Malachi Black with that toss. Yeah, good call, JR. Great counter by Malachi Black, using Cody's momentum against him. If if that base leg of his, that left leg of his, is taken out of this match, Malachi's going to have to alter course here. I feel a lot better if Brandy was standing next to Arn Anderson, quite frankly. I'll get a piece of these. Oh, wait a second. Cody once again going for crossroads. Malachi countered with that high knee between the eyes. Cody Cutter! The Cutter got Malachi. Now, the crossroads! He's looking for the three. Cody's on top. Four leg hook. Oh! Near fall. Boy, Arn gets up on the apron on that one. Arn Anderson jumping out of his skin. He knows these opportunities to pin a man like Malachi Black are not going to come along frequently. Cody Rhodes and Malachi Black. Oh, Arn! What happened? Arn slipped on the on the apron there. And Paul Turner's trying to. And Arn ba back up protesting. And oh no! Cody and Arn colliding inadvertently. He should have stayed off the apron. He slipped. He should have stayed there. Now I know it's Cody. The all oh, the pump kick knocks Malachi to the outside. And Arn Anderson in a bad way here. Get back in there. Exactly. Don't worry about me. Coach, take the coach's advice. Cody. Yeah. No, you're right. Cody mar marching around the ring. Going back. See, Cody doesn't want to count out with. He wants to beat this man if he can. Cody Rhodes. Turns Malachi Black to the ring, concentrating the shot on the, the kidney. Malachi and Cody. Oh, Cody wearing him out now. Body shots. That's uh, Anderson style working that body. Especially considering today's Ole Anderson's oh! 75th birthday. What the hell? Oh! oh! Spray right to the eyes. The black Inside cradle. Inside cradle. It's over. Malachi Black wins again. Well, the the hell it was in the eyes of Cody Rose.
Malachi Black will resort to anything to win. And this Black missed for the left-hearted Malachi. Malachi Black spewing that corruption from within into the eyes of Cody Rhodes. Now Malachi has done it again. Yeah, he continues to win. He's got the number on the Nightmare family. Venice Beach, California, weighing 230 pounds. This is the legend. This is the icon. This is Steve. Wow. Wow. Look at the face paint. Thing is painted for war here tonight. And from Seattle, Washington, weighing 175 pounds, Darby. Strange enigma, Darby Allen. With his eyes. Well, you know, brothers in paint, don't they? Absolutely. Little fist bump there, and here they come. This is what FTR and Tully wanted. They're getting it. Great contrast in appearances, style. Darby is a strange enigma here in AEW, a homegrown star. And that man Sting has been an icon, Tony, for as long as you and I certainly can remember. As long as I can remember. It's Wednesday night, and you know what that means. We're live in New York City. 20,177 AEW fans are here. I'm here along with Excalibur, Tony Schiavone. And ladies and gentlemen, what a night, what a scene. Ladies and gentlemen, your opening contest is in one ball with a 30-minute time limit. Approaching the ring from Aberdeen, Washington, weighing 197 pounds, the American Dragon. What an ovation for this man. What a tremendous ovation and what a tremendous, tremendous reception for the American Dragon. You can get a special edition Upper Deck E-Card. Visit UpperDeckEPack.com before next Wednesday at noon Eastern to get your hands on this rare Brian Danielson card ahead of the Upper Deck AEW set dropping this fall. This is a wonderful moment to see him in front of this packed Arthur Ashe Stadium. And here comes the one and only. Standing 520 miles from New 
224 pounds and is the AEW World Champion, Kenny Omega! This dream match has a 30-minute time limit. Paul Turner is your referee. What an opportunity for all of us to enjoy two of the very best wrestlers in the entire world right here in AEW. I think we've been waiting for this match for quite a while. Let me say this, too. I think Brian Danielson looks in phenomenal shape. Perhaps the best shape of his career, but you know what, Tony? The same could be said about our all-elite wrestling world champion, Kenny Omega. This is truly a dream match. Danielson looks poised, he looks confident, but so does Omega. Paul Turner calls for the pin. Here we go, let's get after this thing. What a great match. These guys can hear it as well as we can. The fans are on their feet, they're loving this, and these two men have yet to lock up. My God, what anticipation. New York is AEW country, you can hear it. Soaking it in right now. Mind games being attempted. The determination in the eyes of Brian Danielson tells a rich and powerful story. But you know, JR, he cannot be too anxious. I mean, the crowd's going bananas. You would think that his first match here at AEW, he would be willing just to jump in. I think he's doing a great job by just being really calm and let the moment sink in first. If I know one thing about Brian Danielson, if the fans watching around the world know one thing about Brian Danielson, it is that he is perhaps the smartest, the most intelligent professional wrestler in the entire world. He knows. And he's got to pace himself, and we're off to the races.
following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network.